Welcome to the Gamers Inn. Come on in, pull up a chair next to the fire. It looks like you've had a long journey. I'm your host, Jocelyn, and just joining me as always is my co-host, Ryan. Hello, Ryan. Hello. We're back. <laughs> you know, I love that it's been almost 600 episodes and we still do like the exact same thing down to like how my voice sounds, how you mm-hmm. respond. <laughs> like it just, I don't know. It's been so long and I can't believe we still do it exactly the same way. <laughs> I don't know if it's like, it just, do you think people like it or do they hate it? I don't know. Do they, is it like warm and comfy or is it like, oh my God, again? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I, 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 I Look, I'll say this. It, it, the reason we do it the same every episode is because uh, every week... We might have the thought, oh, let's change things up a little bit. Yeah, we'll worry about it next week. We just recorded for three hours and, and we <laughs> and need to go to bed. And we talked about taxes. We didn't do taxes this week. Um, and then and then you just duplicate the sheet and you don't think about it. And then rinse, repeat. Oh, we'll do it next week. You know, um, so but then, yeah, I think it's probably comfortable. And they're probably just relieved that I couldn't Ryan couldn't come up with some silly intro joke i had one like a couple <laughs> hours just, ago okay i was gonna say did i just totally throw you off on this tangent <laughs> no i lost it i forgot it i, oh. I had it a couple hours i thought oh, that, that'll be perfect i'll bring that up in the intro um maybe something about uh making a better borderlands movie or uh uh see that wasn't it I, that wasn't it. it was funnier than that funnier than that trailer as well you'll have to start writing them down (laughs) i guess so i I can't remember what it was maybe it was like i don't know it doesn't matter there's so much news this week and uh none of not i almost said none of it's great not much (laughs) not much of it's good yeah (laughs) what did you say you want oh now i remember what did you say you wanted to rename the show was lawsuits and layoffs or something yes we have to rename no we have to rename the news section to lawsuits and layoffs which is like it's not funny. It's sad and just makes my heart hurt. <laughs> yeah, I I thought we were. Look, I I'll be the naive one and, and say I thought we were done, but so it was obviously discussed in the Discord and and a lot of uh, whirlwind was saying like you know I I I I think if we make it to April first, that's when it'll be over because that's when most people's yeah the quarter's done and and yeah so but I don't even think that means anyone's yeah. safe like. Not with no. the way things are going. No. And it's so frustrating too. Like the we're gonna talk about it in the news in depth, but uh the fact that Sony's layoffs are the exact same percentage of the workforce as Microsoft's layoffs were, like different numbers, but same percentage, just makes me want to punch walls or something. I don't know. Like it's just so orchestrated. It makes me so angry. So, anyways, we'll talk about that all later. Let's talk about fun first let's talk about games let's talk about what we're doing what we're playing ryan what is up with you yeah what's up with me many folks have asked what's up with you <laughs> there's been whole podcast segments devoted to it but uh what's up with me so uh the the soul video game soul new video game i've, I've still been playing a lot of uh, uh honkai uh star rail uh made it through the first world really enjoying that um and also finished up the last of us uh part one uh left behind dlc uh but uh i've had this game actually installed on my steam deck for the last week and i haven't had a chance to boot it up because i've been so busy with everything else um i've been playing deep rock galactic survivor 
I actually have it wrong in the notes. There's only one survivor at a time. It's not survivors. <laughs> oh, okay. It's not survivors, plural. No, uh, it is not. So um, I'm not going to correct that right now because either way, I'll just keep saying it. Uh, this is <laughs> this is a game in early access. Um, this is a, a survivor's type. I think that's where I got it confused, the name. Uh, so similar to Vampire Survivors and, and other games uh, like that. Uh, so it's in that genre. And this is also, so it's based on a game that I know has come up a lot for like Extra Life Conversations and we never really got a chance to try it. Although I hear really good things. This is uh, Deep Rock Galactic, of course, mm-hmm. which is a four-player co-op sort of Left 4 Dead style game where you're fighting off I'm assuming fighting off alien bugs while also mining and building turrets and stuff like that. So uh, it's you're in a mine and you're you're trying to survive and get out of there with the loot. Right. Um, Sorry, I didn't mean to laugh. I was just I was about to like finish your sentence and say survive as a joke because of the name of the game. And then I was like, oh, wait, no, that's actually what he's trying to do. I would have also accepted the interruption to be a mine. They call it a mine. <laughs> so that would have been fine too. But uh, you know, it's so this, this game specifically deep rock galactic survivor. It's in early access. It's about $12 Canadian. So it's like, it's, it's, it's a small investment. If you're looking for another one of these survivor games. And that seems to be sort of the trend for these, this genre is, is sort of a low, a low dollar entry point you know like vampire survivors is like under five bucks so this is a more premium experience uh in the sense that you're getting like a fully 3d rendered environment and uh it's it's not necessarily like endless like some of the vampire survivor stuff Mm -hmm. um there are levels but essentially you start the game you pick your class so starting off you only have access to the scout there are four classes currently in the game. Uh, I've unlocked two more after the scout. The uh, I think the gunner and the engineer is what I got. Um, and essentially, when you drop into the game, the idea is to progress through uh, waves of sort of enemies and events uh, on each level of the mine, and you go further and further into the mine as you progress. So the level is constantly sort of changing and uh, the environment is changing. So unlike Vampire Survivors, which is like a single map per run, and you kind of know the map once you've done it a couple times. Uh, But the very cool thing about Deep Rock Galactic Survivor is that you can also mine. So as far as I can tell, like all of the rock is procedurally generated, but you can mine through all of the rock and kind of create these pathways to lead the alien bugs through. And if you get stuck in a corner, depending on whether that corner is like a literal edge of the map or, or backs into a ravine, you can mine through that, that rock and then escape from what might've been your untimely death. So <laughs> I, I really like that because I am constantly getting stuck in these games and then getting overwhelmed and, and have to restart my run. So I really like that idea of being able to constantly be moving, but also constantly be finding new paths and and creating new paths uh, to sort of... Course correcting. 
Exactly. Yeah. And it, uh, it works really well. I wasn't sure how it would work. Obviously the mining slows you down. You can't like just walk through the rock. You have to actually mine it. Um, it's all automated. You don't have to push any buttons. You're just moving your character, uh, around with the left stick. And then you are aiming with the right stick. Um, some weapons require you to be aimed. So they basically shoot from your, the, the character isn't really, um, shooting <laughs> like there are no animations for shooting it's just the bullets come out of your face <laughs> it's uh i don't know if that's an early access thing or if it it is certainly like a thing with the genre is that like the characters don't really sometimes the characters don't animate in this genre they kind of just are stationary and the bullets sort of come out of you <laughs> or the magic spells you are the gun <laughs> exactly like you know the there's a genre that's like bullet hell which is essentially you're mm -hmm. you're like trying to avoid a bunch of bullets but in this genre like you are the bullet hell like you are controlling where the bullets are coming from and then you're having to face waves and waves of enemies so that's no different here um, I would have liked to see some more animation from the from the main character. When you're mining, of course, the character is mining, but it can be a bit jarring. It might be coming down the pipe because it's early access, so it could be something that they're working on and one of those like pieces of polish that'll come later on. Yeah, and I could I could see how they might have wanted to focus on all the different weapons they they put in the game and to to not have to animate each of those weapons might might actually make development a little bit smoother. So that that's fine. I, I, I hope that they add it later on. It's not a deal breaker, but it's something that I really liked in um, uh, Death Must Die, which is another Vampire Survivors like that, like animated everything. And it was just it was really well done. Um, also in early access, there's a lot of these in early access. I play a lot of them, <laughs> too. I really like the genre. It is just one of those. Turn off your brain, keep your podcast running, and just play a game and watch numbers go up. You know, uh, it's really addicting. Um, so, but what makes this unique is not only the mining, but like you're progressing through this level. So as you progress through the level, you'll it'll be like, oh, there's a supply drop happening. So you have to go to the supply drop, but the VO will say like, we want to drop a supply drop, but there's shit in the way. Can you can you clear it? And, and you're like, okay. And so you go and you mine the stuff out of the way. And then you can strategically have the supply drop. Um, once you clear out the landing zone, you have to kind of stand on it to to make the area fill up so that it'll launch there, like uh, sort of like capture the point. Okay. And you can kind of like strategically wait for enemies to sort of come towards you and then fill the bar and then have the supply drop drop on the enemies and 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 take a bunch of them out it does like a ton of damage to enemies so there's even strategy there in terms of like getting supply drops you know uh and you know as it goes like oh the, you can see the icons in the bar up up on the top of the screen as it as it sort of fills in you can see like okay i can see that we're gonna hit an event where a swarm's gonna happen which is gonna be a bunch of enemies show up there's a supply drop and then at the very end there's an elite sort of alien that you have to take out before uh you finish the level and then when you finish the level like it'll say hey the drop pods back you've got 30 seconds to get in there and then that takes you to the next level of the mine um 
and then there are five levels four four levels of sort of increasing difficulty of like just the the standard sort of uh rinse repeat of enemies supply drops and elites and swarms and stuff and then the final one is like leading up to a boss so a unique sort of boss encounter and that's how you finish like one of those sort of uh runs like that's that's a whole run you you actually walk away from it you don't just go until you die which could take i don't know <laughs> 20 i think vampire survivors maxed out at 25 minutes like once you hit 25 minutes like the the game would just throw an impossible level of monsters at you until you die okay yeah yeah <laughs> yeah which you know didn't feel great uh, you know it's not a it's kind of feels like they didn't know how to end the level and it's like well we it's got to end at some point <laughs> so Let's just obviously cheat. it ends with murder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's just murder the players. Um, you know, and that doesn't feel great. At least in this game, you feel like you've accomplished something. And of course, there's like an upgrade system where every time um, you finish a, a run, even if you don't succeed, you have resources you can spend to have permanent upgrades, which is also a trapping of the genre and you know, unlock new classes and unlock new biomes. Uh, and then you can unlock uh, harder versions of each biome by completing specific challenges. So in terms of early access, there's a lot in here, you know, for 13 bucks or $10 American or whatever, whatever you're buying it in. Um, uh, so yeah, it's, it's a lot of fun. I wasn't sure. Cause I'd never played deep rock galactic. I wasn't really sure whether it would be something I really, uh, would enjoy, but, but man, it, it uh, it really got its claws into me this week. I was really enjoying it. <laughs> Good. Yeah, I didn't really actually play much uh, in terms of video games this week. Um, we did have Manny over this weekend to visit, and we played Eclipse, which is a, a very in-depth, really fun and interesting space game. Um, and it's it's one of those, like... Um, explore and place tile like flip over random tiles and stuff so it has a lot of replayability and you have um one of i think six different races you can play and each race has different rules and you're trying to essentially like score the most victory points that you can which isn't necessarily um wiped the other guy off the map so it's uh it was it was really really fun and uh, Matt didn't win every single game, which was good. <laughs> so yeah, right. <laughs> so That's off his game. It felt like uh, yeah, it felt like we uh, the other uh, others of us actually had a chance to win. So yeah, it was really really fun. I don't want to get too too in depth because obviously this is a video game podcast, not a board game podcast. But um, yeah, I just uh, didn't get a chance to play anything video game wise this weekend because uh, we obviously had guests. So. Uh, but yeah, it was a lot of fun. So uh, yeah, go look up Eclipse because it's it's if you're into board games and if you have a lot of space, <laughs> then oh, it's one of those. You, you eh? need you need space for space. Yep, <laughs> it's okay. one of those like it just it's very in depth. So it has a lot of like parts like pieces. So oh, wow, this yeah, makes Settlers of Catan look uh, like it can fit <laughs> oh, in your you desktop drawer. It? Yeah, I did. Well, first I googled Eclipse, and obviously that didn't bring up anything I was look I was I was hoping for, which was just news about eclipses, which I <laughs> guess we are having one in April. Yeah, but, it's coming uh, soon. <laughs> I know that now. I know that specifically because they like shifted a day off at school. I think because there was supposed to be yeah. Something My mom like, was telling me about that, and I just oh, it makes me so whatever. But, I I can't remember like 
that makes we me think we had an like, eclipse when we were in school. Yeah, and they didn't do any of this. <laughs> I'm we pretty just sure they watched just, it from the classroom. <laughs> yeah, they. Well, that but that's Anyways, just it. That's they, a whole other. Yeah, it's, it's a whole <laughs> eclipses. I, I mean, what even are they? L- 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 need a documentary. <laughs> but this board game. How big's the manual? Is it thick? Are we talking like it's, is this... Yeah, it's pretty intense. And Matt read the whole thing front to back like ten times before we even started playing. So <laughs> Right. Okay. Holy jumpins. Now I just found like this thing and there's like entire what looks to be entire board games for each player. Yes. Like, each have a board. <laughs> yes. This is like Eve online the board game what's going on here? it's like okay. yeah you basically like you have to tra- to track like your uh tech trees and your resources and the upkeep of your civilization and yeah and the whole thing is only eight turns long which is actually really good because um even at it with an eight turn timer i think like we it took us about two to two and a half hours per game on average and i think we probably played five or six games <laughs> We were playing all weekend. It was so fun. (laughs) We kept like finishing one game and then being like, okay, wait, but if I tried this other race and then I did this thing instead of this thing, then I bet I could win. And we actually, it was a lot of really, really close games. We had uh, one game. I think the one game that Matt won, uh, he got 32 points and then Manny and I both got 31. So it was like intensely close. But yeah, really, really, really fun game. But yeah, absolutely huge and very involved, very in depth, which is why I don't want to try to explain everything because like we'd be here for two hours. So, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was really fun. It's like it's it's kind of like a um, like a economy sim more so like there is an element of combat, but it's like you don't necessarily win by combat. Like even if you completely wipe your opponent off the board it doesn't necessarily mean that they lose. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's really interesting. And uh, yeah, we had a lot of fun. So Eclipse, thumbs up. <laughs> Very good. If you guys enjoy what we're doing here, if you would like to support Ryan and I, you can head on over to patreon.com slash the gamers in. Uh, we wanted to give a shout out tonight to some of our longtime supporters. So thank you very much to David, Jim and Janice for supporting the gamers in. Um, you guys have been here for years and years and years and years and years. So we love and support you or wait, no, you support us. <laughs> we love and appreciate you. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Again, that's patreon.com slash the gamers in helps us do really cool things like game club. Uh, last of us part one, you guys are, I think done with that, but now you're on to DLC. Yeah, we just, uh, we just wrapped it and we just wrapped the DLC and, uh, it was a lot of fun. Um, I forgot how short that piece of DLC was, but it's, it's very (laughs) good. It's very good. So, um, yeah, game club is in sort of hiatus now. There's been some conversations about what we want to do next, but, um, we're sort of also headed into a pretty busy six weeks with, uh, final fantasy seven rebirth unicorn Mm -hmm. overlord, uh, which does, I found out, I played the demo does have unicorns in it. Excellent. Um, there's a unicorn <laughs> ring, Jocelyn, which uh, uh, cures people. So I figured you'd like that. Um, <laughs> and uh, what was the other? Oh, Dragon's Dogma at the end of March. So, you know, a lot of folks playing a lot of different games and we're we're going to take a bit of a break, but we will return likely late spring. There's a couple of games kicking around. But if, if folks want to suggest some, definitely head over to the Discord into the Game Club channel and uh, uh, 
throw your uh, throw your game into the ring. So that is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. If you're looking for Game Club, it's a whole lot of fun. And uh, yeah, there's uh, all the archives for all the games that have been played, including milestones and discussions are also there. So if there's something that you want to uh, go back and play that the Game Club has already done, that is an option as well. Again, that is bit.ly slash TGI Discord. And that brings us to layoffs and lawsuits. I mean, the news segment. <laughs> <laughs> Hooray! Yay! <laughs> we did have some news out of Nintendo. This neither of those, but no, wait. Nintendo is our lawsuit this week. But we did have the Nintendo Direct Partner Showcase um, that happened in this past week, uh, and Ryan was absolutely one hundred percent correct in his predictions. In that, there's nothing uh, that we would consider like huge um, first party, like nothing, nothing big and crazy is coming to the Switch. Because we are expecting that we will have the Switch 2 announcement sometime either later this year, but we're expecting uh, the actual launch of the platform to be in uh, early 2025. So we got a whole bunch of like ports. We got um, some like remasters and stuff. We got uh, news of what's actually coming to Switch from Xbox, which we talked about last week. We got confirmation on the games. So, uh, is it uh, Pentiment and Hi-Fi Rush are coming to Switch? Yes. Or no, uh, Pentiment and Grounded are coming to Switch. Oh, Grounded. Switch. Okay, sorry. Um, yeah. Although I, I would have... Uh, like, right. I think Hi-Fi Hi Rush, Rush and Sea of Thieves are PlayStation 5. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, although, and... Uh, oh, you know, now that I think about it, uh, Pentiment is also a PS5, but I, I, I can't remember if Grounded also... I think PS5 might have got all four, if not three mm. of them. Um, which makes sense. Yeah, grounded, yeah. same PlayStation Four or Five and Switch. Yeah. Oh, there you go. So yeah, PlayStation. So. It's all of them are PlayStation. So it was the ones that we were thinking. It was Pentiment, Hi-Fi Rush, Grounded, and Sea of Thieves uh, coming to PlayStation, and then uh, Grounded and Pentiment coming to Switch as well. Yeah, I think that this, like, you give me a lot of credit and say I was right, but once they announced it was a partner showcase, I, I think it was very easy to be like, okay. This is Nintendo in their classic holding pattern of, you know, we will tell you about the successor to our console business when we are ready. Until yeah. then, <laughs> until then, get out of our business. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So they are, uh, they are in a holding pattern. You will likely, I, I would imagine at this rate, we will have our first direct of our first proper direct in June whether we get switch successor news before then i don't know like there are still switch games from nintendo we know that are coming out um i maybe we have a direct after the peach game comes out you know mm. they might they might just let that one market itself uh without having a direct attached to it and then kind of focus on what's next then but um you know it's nintendo is really not i don't want to i don't want to say they're not great at console transitions but they they do it on their own time and sometimes their own time doesn't line up with what they have available on the current platform and and they don't want to cannibalize sales of the current switch it's still selling really well but for those like you and i jocelyn we know like don't buy a switch wait for this yeah successor wait for the next one yeah the news at least of what it could be but this this sort of a you know partner showcase is kind of showing like you know there's still some 
steam left in the engine. We have some games, mostly, as you said, collections and remasters and remakes that are coming out. And maybe some of those will sort of pique your interest. Uh, but I don't think I don't think anything sold switches in this in this direct, which is, you know, what you would normally expect from a from a standard direct of like, you know, oh, I'm buying a switch for that. I, we're not yeah. we're past that stage, I think, for sure. So, so what do you think of uh, South Park Snow Day? Because <laughs> that's the only one that is like jumping out to me. That's the sure. the one that's kind of like uh, new to me. Anyways, there's there's so many like uh, classics and and remakes and stuff in in this lineup. But the uh, Snow Day is new. Anyways, um, are you excited? Are you gonna check it out? It's different than their previous um, the previous iterations. It's all 3D. There's like active combat. Thumbs up, thumbs down. <laughs> yeah, it kind of reminds me of uh, uh, of the N64 game that came out, obviously, a long time ago. Uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, it wasn't really on my radar, but I'm looking at it like I'm not a big South Park person, but I did enjoy uh, what I played of the sort of 2D experiences that they had. But this one, I'm actually looking, it's only 30 bucks. It's going to be 30 bucks mm-hmm. on Steam and um is it like a single player game or is it more of like a, uh, uh I'm pretty sure it's co-op. Um, but it's, uh, it like, yeah, like I say, it's different. I don't think it's as big as the previous like games, like the, the previous game. So there was uh fractured butthole and then stick of truth. Stick of truth. Yeah. That was the other, that was the first one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's not as big of an experience as that. And like I say, I think it's for, it's 3d, which the other ones weren't and, and also co-op. So I think it's, it's more of a like smaller play with your friends type of experience, but yeah, I don't know. I'm like, I just, I just don't know. Cause it's so different. Right. Yeah. So I, I don't know if I'm excited about it or not. I'll probably, I'll probably try it. Yeah. I mean, I think if you're a South Park fan, I think that they've proven themselves and that they can make great games, especially the last two that were well received. And um, Snow Day is supposed to be supposed to be their next big thing. So mm-hmm. um, I, I think that if you're looking at the lineup, like for me, like the the thing I that jumped out at me was like, oh, we're getting a demo for for Unicorn Overlord. I'm, I get to check that out. And it's very Fire Emblem, and and uh, I'm leaning towards mm-hmm. that one over, you know, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And I really enjoyed Final Fantasy VII Remake, but uh, it, it's it, like I th- I think that South Park game looks really cool. I think it's out. Mm-hmm. What is it out? May is that or or, or April? What is it? March? Uh, I thought it was March. I thought it was the end of March. Oh yeah, you know there it is, March. Yeah, yeah. Um, so about a month from now. Yep. It's not too bad. And and I didn't re- like I said, I didn't realize it was like 40 bucks. So that's that's a or sorry, $30 Canadian. So that's a good that's a good deal. So I feel like it's the kind of thing that I'll pick up if I know I can play it with people. Like I don't know if I'll just like single player it. But then again, like <laughs> single player is basically all I've been doing lately because it's very very hard to schedule time to play games with other people these days. So yeah, I don't know. We'll have to see. But I, I, I think I, I think I might try it though. I think I might try it. Yeah. No. I mean, if you're into South Park, I think that's 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 the way to go. Like, yeah. It, it, I love the way they they represent the style. I think that's probably the hardest part is when they go 3D. It kind of, kind of breaks the. I don't want to say immersion, mm-hmm. but it breaks the 
I don't know. Park fantasy. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. You know, I, I I think that's why I really dug the 2D stuff because it like stuck yeah. with the with the look and feel, and it, it was felt... like playing the TV show. Exactly. Oh, they did such a good job, and I think once you go 3D, it's a little tougher to to nail. Yeah. So we'll see. Yeah. Uh, and then we also had Pokemon Presents. Uh, was there anything from that presentation that really um, jumped out at you as as worth chatting about, or like what what are your thoughts? Yeah, I, I didn't watch it. Um, okay. It's so funny. <laughs> I, I threw it in there. Uh, I knew it was I knew it was happening today. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I think the biggest news is, is just sort of confirming. So I was wrong. I thought that the you know and and a lot of people had sort of suggested that the next step is a remake, but um, I was wrong about that. And it seems as though uh, it, it, like it's in line with Nintendo's holding pattern. So Pokemon mm. Company is a is a part of is heavily entwined with Nintendo, and essentially they announced uh, a Legends follow up. So there was Pokemon Legends Arceus Ar- Arceus. Okay. Yeah. 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 Yep. Yeah, and uh, so they announced another one of those. I think I played that one. I'm pretty sure I did. It, it was different, like, and um, the style of it lent well to uh, having empty environments, so it ran a little better. <laughs> oh, um, that's so sad. <laughs> because it was set in the past, maybe huh? because it'll be coming out on the new Switch, whatever the Switch Two or whatever. Maybe it'll have a little bit more power behind it so they can do a little bit more and not have big, empty games and maps. <laughs> yeah, it like I think this is so essentially the trailer was it was not in game footage. It was sort of a pre-rendered thing and it was very stylistic. It, it showed it, it appeared. So it's called Pokemon Legends uh, Z to A or Z dash A, whatever. I don't know what they're actually how you actually say it, but um <laughs> It, it'll be out uh, launching worldwide 2025. So it's in line with the idea of a Switch successor. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine and hope that uh, it is coming out for the Switch. They have they did have like the Switch marketing on it. I mean, yeah. that could just be like a, you know, we have to put the Switch. It marketing might be on out it. on both. Yeah. Yeah. But I would imagine like if Nintendo does this transition successfully uh this will be a game that launches on both platforms and whatever the switch successor is has a has not necessarily a better version but like a performance sort of patch or performance sort of uh abilities to to uh beef this game up um but it it appears to be some sort of it appears to be set in like a city like a more Mm -hmm. not necessarily futuristic city but a modern city there appears to be like maybe sort of an angle towards designing the city, uh, continuing the theme of legends, which is, you know, Pokemon and people working together in harmony. So I, I think that, uh, I, I, th- I honestly like it, it just, uh, it goes back to like Nintendo is looking to launch the switch successor with as much first party support as possible and strong first party support. So this is going to be, the first year where we don't have like a, it'll be one of the first years where we don't have a mainline Pokemon game uh, when we were sort of due for a remake of some kind. So uh, it's kind of a big deal. I did not expect Pokemon company to sort of skip 2024, but uh, yeah, that might be better for it. 
So Well, and I mean, like, they may not have been intending to skip 2024 if they were intending to be on the Switch 2 and they thought that would be out in holiday 2024, right? So yeah, this might have been uh, Nintendo's move, not theirs. True. Yeah, like, if Nintendo delayed their console behind closed doors, obviously they would have told. And they have yeah. been telling partners. It's the reason you and I have an idea of it launching in 2025 because yeah <laughs> that's how it got out there is <laughs> you know to them telling folks eh, it's not happening um but yeah I, I i am looking forward i think pokemon the pokemon company makes really fun and engaging games and i think that they, they just struggled with the hardware you know um and have a very ambitious idea of what the next sort of generation of pokemon games could be and um yeah I'm hoping the Switch, whatever it ends up being, Switch 2, Switch Pro, <laughs> uh, <laughs> gives them what they need to 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 capture their vision, for sure. Yeah. Uh, and speaking of capturing visions, <laughs> how do we think they did capturing the essence of Borderlands in their vision for their trailer that just came out when uh, this was a couple days ago now, I think. But uh, yeah, yeah. What, are, what are your thoughts about the Borderlands trailer? I mean... From a visual perspective, we talked about this pre-show a little bit. From a visual perspective, I think they nailed the look of Borderlands. Like, yes, I I can know. agree with that a hundred percent. I think that the like all the CG looked really really good. That nothing really stood out to me as like wrong in any way. I think it was very very well done. Like they um everything looked like it was supposed to look. Yeah, but I feel like <laughs> I just oh man. I feel like this is the, just the Mario movie all over again because <laughs> the Claptrap's voice just is wrong. And there was something, I don't know if it was, other than Kate Blanchett, I don't know if there was something with like the script or they chose the wrong actors or the actors didn't want to be there. Like, I can't put my finger on it, but it just isn't right. Like... Nobody looks invested in their roles. And I know that, like, obviously, Borderlands is animated. It's a video game. So they can, you know, make characters do crazy things and make crazy faces and everything else. And sometimes it can be hard to to make the jump from, like, animated to live action. I get that. But this is just, like... They're not wacky enough. They're not wild enough. Like Tiny Tina is way too tame. Yeah. Like just all the characters felt way too tame. And then like Kate Blanchett's character, like tame, yes, but like at least she felt badass and in control, which is good. But none of them seem to kind of um, live up to the crazy over the topness that is Borderlands. And I'm sorry, but Claptrap's voice is so iconic <laughs> that, like, even though I haven't played a lot of Borderlands, I know exactly what that stupid little robot sounds like. And I'm sorry, Jack Black, it is not you. It's not. It's, it's just no. <laughs> it was just wrong. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't like. I don't even think it's Jack Black's fault. You know? No, like, I, I don't I, think it is. I think it's just like it's one of those things where. You had a character, it's very similar to Mario, honestly. It's like you have an animated character and then the character in your movie is not an actual person. It's a fucking animated robot. So just get the same voice. Like, why? (laughs) Why change it? I don't know. Or get a 
similar voice or a voice that fits like and i mean and you i think jack black tried i think jack black really tried sure. in a way that yeah. i don't think chris pratt did but right. it's still yeah. not right like you can still hear jack black in it and it's like i would rather you got a like total no name like you've already got Kate blanchett and um jamie lee curtis and kevin hart like you've already got your names put a no name behind the robot but make it sound right <laughs> yeah yeah and i um like I, I think there are a lot of examples of of properties that take you know give voice roles to different actors from their video game counterparts but but still sort of nail that feel and then you have a distinct style for like the movie the tv shows and the video games but they all feel like that character uh i'm not contractually obligated i can't say but who that character may be but you could probably figure it out um but i think that i i think with this trailer like you have all of this you have this huge cast um and i think that's part of the issue is like i think there were a lot of issues in that when they were filming the show that's it's been well documented they've been working on this movie for like half a decade if not more um and it's it's just it, like it could be a bad trailer but I feel like this one's going to be death by a thousand cuts and that like for they'll take two steps forward or one step forward, two steps back. Like, I think there's just going to be a lot of stuff holding it back. Um, the jokes don't like the Borderlands humor is very like it's kind of crass. It's it's like silly and it's got a lot of like, um, you know, like I hesitate to see say pee and poo jokes, but literally in the trailer, they're like. <laughs> driving through a oh, literal yeah. pee bog or whatever. I was like, again, I know that the Borderlands that I played was mostly two, but I'm like, sure. I don't remember a field of piss. <laughs> yeah. Like that's like, you know, what, what, how do we get a reaction out of our characters? I know let's have one of the characters spray have them the with window pee. down yeah. <laughs> and spray them with pee. And it's like, what did you think it was? It's pee. It's like, oh, it's just, okay. We get it. You got he left the window open and and P got in, in the car like but it all goes back to the visuals like that car like as there's the scene where he's you know uh, the main characters like you know, Kevin Hart he's he's uh, he's launching the vehicle off a, a, a ramp he shoots a rocket into the monster's mouth and then they shoot out through the other side like that feels very Borderlands so like they've nailed the visuals and the feel of the, of yeah. the game but the humor feels off and i don't want them to put all their best jokes in the trailer so again right yeah <laughs> could be a bad trailer so maybe the next one will be a little better it's out in august we don't have to wait long i'm not going to see it in theaters like you know this isn't this this isn't a theater movie for me but i, I would watch it on streaming or i even would rent it you know um, <laughs> such high praise i'm really looking forward to renting this <laughs> yeah i mean like i'm not i I am look i am not going to see this in theater. this trailer did not make me want to go see this in theaters and what's the next step i guess buying it but like i don't want to i don't need to own no, the borderlands movie <laughs> why would oh i do my that God. i don't even own the other films that we're not allowed to talk about you know like i, I watch them on streaming services like that's what we do these days i think that's I think that's probably why most filmmakers hate Netflix because it has gone from we either see it in theaters or we stream it when it becomes available. Like, so I get it. I get that uh, it's not high praise, but I also don't know how you fix this. 
like change the voice of Claptrap. It doesn't it doesn't fix the fact that he's pooping out bullets and he wants everyone yeah. to watch him. So he goes faster. Like, yeah. Like, <laughs> so, that so, was you another, know, that was another joke in the trailer and it's like, it's the trailer. So it's meant to be like short and punchy and like get you into the movie and, you know, cut, 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 cut. That joke went on too long in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. I can guarantee it goes oh, longer no. in the movie. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, oh man, I did like when I, d- I did like the opening of the trailer and this and, and it fit the hit the visuals. It hit the the humor of Borderlands is when all the characters looking down the manhole and then Claptrap goes like, well, my design does it. And then they kick him over and he lands yes. like that yes, was hilarious. That is, that is very Borderlands is yeah. like, fuck the robot. Let's go. <laughs> exactly. So like, yeah, again, it could you be a bad him trailer. Terribly in that series. <laughs> oh yeah, but he just keeps the one back. overall theme of Borderlands is how poorly your character ke- treats Claptrap. Yeah, and I, I like I like all the actors. I have no problem with any of the actors that are in in the film. So like, you know, I think I think you nailed it in the sense that Tiny Tina doesn't seem manic enough. Yeah, sort of. She seems tame. You know, as you yeah. said. Yeah. And she's supposed to be, like you say, manic. She's supposed to like be screaming half of her lines. And yeah. she's supposed to be completely unhinged. Yeah, and she exactly. And there's a line she gives in the trailer that in my mind I can hear Ashley Birch delivering the line in her voice and she's screaming it. And it's like, even though it's a stupid line of like it's time to rain body parts or something with explosions and and she just kind of says it she's like i'm gonna yeah. do this thing now and i'm like no like yeah incoming you know. body parts like oh i'm so bored by this yeah. <laughs> like no <laughs> i don't know i don't i don't want to try to do my impression of tiny tina because my baby is sleeping right above me and i don't want to wake her up but like it would be shrieked it would be over the top and yeah. like even just watching her in that that piss scene again <laughs> like just sitting in the car and he's like roll the window up and she's like no i want to keep it down like uh, she would be bouncing all over that car like she would be head out the window exactly. and then like you know running into the front seat and trying to steer and like she would just be manic and crazy and yeah. uh, i don't know over the top and yeah no, she's just like a spoiled child. You could play the spoiled child card of like, no, I'm not rolling up the window, but just deliver it in a way that just doesn't sound, I don't know, like you're bored. Like you don't want to be there. Yeah, like you don't want to be there. And that's how all the, like, it felt like none of the actors want to be in that movie. <laughs> like they were all mad at their agents. Yeah. And I know Kevin Hart, you know, he usually is a lot more animated in his roles and the character he's technically playing is usually the most you know stoic of the borderlands characters so i get that but even then like i don't know it's just yeah i think you're right they're missing i think they're just missing that craziness and i know i never i never watched it but i know uh twisted metal the tv show like it had Mm -hmm. that from what i heard and saw in the trailers it had that sort of like you know uh, zaniness and sort yeah. of, you know, uh, it it wasn't tame. Like you literally had Will Arnett voing over a professional wrestler dressed as a sadistic clown, 
Like that was a main character. Yeah, we did. Yeah, we watched uh, a little bit of that. And it was it was pretty good actually. I think Matt watched the whole thing. I just caught little pieces of it, but yeah, it was uh, it was pretty good from what I remember in the first like three weeks that we had Olivia. <laughs> it could have been great. Could have been awful. I don't really remember. <laughs> Everything's a blur. <laughs> but you remember watching? I remember some the of it. clown. <laughs> yeah, I mean, how could you forget? It's sweet tooth, right? right? Yeah. So I mean, again, it could be a bad trailer. It wasn't like absolutely terrible. It wasn't wasn't that. It was just it was like okay, you made a Borderlands film. And um hats on the back. <laughs> like yeah. congratulations. <laughs> We're never gonna see Borderlands 2. <laughs> Unless it streams on Netflix. So there you go. <laughs> It'll be a straight to Netflix movie. Well, yeah. I they are they are committed to theaters. How long it lasts in theaters, we'll see. <laughs> um, but I feel like this is I don't know what what's the company? Is it Universal? Like where would it go? It would probably would go to like peacock or maybe amazon like i don't know peacock's yeah. the thing Ugh. yeah that's the nbc there's one. too many there's too many it's lionsgate what's that which, i have no which, idea which company <laughs> is there a lionsgate plus don't give them any ideas Ryan. <laughs> God. um stars i guess oh yeah okay they have stars so anyways lionsgate they know what they're doing Yay. maybe yeah uh, I get. Uh, I was trying to think of a good like transition over to this, but I really don't have one. Uh, Sony, like we talked about, touched on earlier, has announced that they are laying off 900 staff, which is conveniently eight percent of their workforce, exactly the same as Microsoft's, and they are uh, potentially, or at least they are planning to close their London studio. And I say potentially planning because. Um, UK labor laws do require them to basically like run their plan by the government uh, because they're laying off so many people in the UK. So um, I don't know. Again, I <laughs> feel like I'm saying this every fucking week now. I am not a an accountant, a lawyer, a businessman, anything like that. I don't have any like concept of how all of these things work and in all these international laws and everything else. I don't know, but um. From what I understand, um, the government could still potentially intervene in some way, I guess. But uh, the plan as of today is to close their London studio, which was responsible solely for uh, VR. So that is, uh, yeah, kind of crazy. But um, I don't think that PlayStation VR has been uh, as successful as they were hoping that it would be. Uh, but they're trying to be super upbeat about it because they also announced that the PSVR 2 is uh, they're working on it coming to PC. Yeah. Um, and I mean, that we, we spoke a bit about this pre-show. It's um, you don't develop first party hardware to open it up to other platforms when you're when you're a console manufacturer like Nintendo yeah. doesn't you know hey we've made the Wii Fit board and it's compatible with your PC it's like well yeah <laughs> no you you make a peripheral to sell hardware and software and yeah you know, I was gonna say yeah either the game or the platform exactly or, or just you know more I mean I've got plenty of Nintendo hardware behind me all amiibos and whatnot and then you've got they literally sold cardboard for for years <laughs> you know <laughs> nintendo's kind of like they they've got it down in, in terms of peripherals and and i think with sony look i'm not saying this isn't a good move in the sense for folks who own that that piece of hardware now they can 
plug it into their computer and, and it's Steam VR compatible. Like it's not impossible. Modders have have worked to make it happen. So I'm sure Sony will launch it this year once they've got it sorted. But it doesn't it doesn't bode well for the the support we would like to see from a first party and their first party yeah. peripheral. Um, and these layoffs kind of confirm it, you know, that that they will move away from launching dedicated VR games rapidly. I, I don't know really how well their VR business is doing because like we've talked about a hundred times on the show before, I don't play VR. VR makes me sick. I can't even watch somebody else play it. Like I, it's not, I will never play VR. So like, I don't pay a whole lot of attention to it, but I know that they had a lot of big first party releases that were coming out. Um, mostly I was paying attention because of Horizon, because Horizon had um, a like standalone VR experience where you were playing as a character other than Aloy, but in the Horizon world. And um yeah, like I, I can't even tell you how long ago it was that that launched because it felt like it didn't get any traction. Like I didn't see anyone talking about it, and I feel that way about basically anything that, like, all the list of of PS VR games. I'm like, this is a game. This is a game. Like I haven't seen anyone talking about it, and it could just be because I am so, like far removed from that sphere of the internet i don't know but like ryan like you're into vr you've got you've had headsets for years like how is playstation performing compared to everybody else like how is vr performing right now is it something that's going to continue to go like forward or are we looking at something that's just kind of failing across the board yeah uh it's not i wouldn't say failing across the board i mean like apple Apple just launched their Vision Pro, and I mean, it's mm-hmm. not a gaming headset, but it is also crazy expensive, but it is a first step towards, you know, another company that isn't, you know, Facebook. Is that VR or, or AR, like augmented reality or virtual? Re- I thought it was augmented. It's it's a combination. So it does have okay. a, you know, VR mode, but yeah, it, it, you're right. It is more augmented reality where it's bringing the world into the headset and then sort of overlaying things over the headset. So, and sort of trying to perfect that experience. So that's why it hasn't really been, it hasn't really seen like the use cases of video games very much. And it's also very like a, like an original Apple or not original Apple idea, of course, but like a first launch, you know, if you, if you experience the first, obviously as Canadians, we never experienced the first iPhone because the first iPhone was exclusive to the States, but the mm-hmm. first iPad, um, the first, I guess the first iPhone, the first iPod, like they were sort of initial efforts. The first Apple Watch, like they're not, they're not the products we know today that make billions, uh, but they are the first step. And I think the Apple Vision Pro is 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 that first step, and it's going to be a few years before we see it sort of become something more mainstream. But like Meta has, as much as you hate to give Meta credit, like they have developed. <laughs> these standalone headsets and done everything they can to make these headsets um, uh, viable and, and sort of um, a a product people want. Like it's focuses gaming. They are, they are not locked down. They, they can connect to your PC. They have wireless support. There are valve apps on the meta store that allows you to like sync your device to your steam library and play wirelessly from your computer 
And you can also run, you know, meta games on the headset. So it's very gaming focused. It's under 500 bucks and uh, it works great. And I think that's the struggle that Sony has here is that they, of course, have tied their headset to their PlayStation 5. So you have a headset that costs more than the console that require that it requires. Yeah. So you're looking at like a, so you're doubling your investment more than doubling your investment. Yeah. And you can only play games that are on the PS5. Yeah. Um, and that's that's not great. Like immediately you look at all the games that people are talking about, like the Asgard's Wrath 2 and and uh, uh, Half-Life Alex, and all the games that come to mind. Like when, when you say like, I'm, I'm thinking of buying a VR headset, what games do I get? None of them work with the PSVR 2 because mm-hmm. they're not on PlayStation 5. Um, there might be a few like Beat Saber, I think might've gone over. That's another classic one that people recommend. But mm-hmm. like the big ones that are, you know, getting reviewed by IGNs of the world, like they're not on the PSVR 2. So it makes... It's good news for consumers in that if they've purchased this hardware, they can now they will soon be able to access like the real library of VR games that is yeah. that is actively <laughs> keeping the, the the platform alive, like the type of gameplay. Um, uh, so I think VR is is here to stay. But I think, you know, I think PlayStation is realizing like it's an expensive it's not you, it's hard to make a profit on Mm -hmm. a very expensive headset um and when you're not apple when you have money you can burn as you sort of do live r&d and beta testing with your users with a $3,500 headset um i think they kind of learned their lesson here i don't think we'll see a psvr 3 you know i think i think Mm -hmm. this is what we got um i would almost say like it's good news for consumers that they're opening it to pc player like pc games but it's kind of like the the end i would say like if a console manufacturer is saying like hey we're gonna open our first party hardware up to pc games like to me that's like they've hit a failure it feels like they're getting yeah they're giving up on their own platform and they're just like okay fine yeah i I could be wrong i think makes sense i i think like i think it's a good move because it feels to me like like you say there you're opening your hardware up to a whole lot more of more software right so yeah you are essentially like expanding your library. So anything, anyone who already owns PSVR 2 is super stoked. Anyone who is looking to get into VR and has yet to buy a headset now has another option, which again is going to be, like you say, the headset was more than the freaking console. And it's not like PlayStation consoles were cheap. So, you know, like they're, they're going to, I think, make money and they've now like, entered their hardware into the conversation right you know it's no longer i want to play on my pc because that's where the most vr games are so therefore i'm gonna buy something from meta or whatever it's like no now playstation is in that conversation sony is in that conversation so i think it's it's a good move for them but like it's it's hard to get excited or happy about this because it does come alongside closing their vr studio right so yeah yeah i mean these layoffs even impacted their you know main studios like naughty dog oh yeah gorilla yeah just everybody it's again i i we've we've both said this before um i i don't know how you can continue to say 
you're a company that is leading the industry with both, you know, uh, a place to work and games to play when, if you don't have people to make the games. So, um, yeah. And I, we talked about this last week too, but like, it just, it gets so, so frustrating and so hard to know, like, what to do in these situations because you don't want to support these companies and it feels like because they they all keep saying the industry has changed and we need to you know do what restructure to keep up or whatever and it just it feels like corporate buzzword bullshit and then you as a consumer it's like it feels like we're we're running out of options it's like you're damned if you do damned if you don't because what I really want to do is like, I'm angry at Microsoft and I was angry at Blizzard for, you know, like layoffs and a host of other reasons prior to the acquisition. I'm angry at Sony, but like, I don't want to punish the devs at Gorilla who make Horizon because I love their stuff. So it's like, okay, if I boycott and stop spending my money on like games from these companies, then they're just going to shut down more studios and they're going to fire more devs. And it's like, but if I give them money and continue to support their products, it feels like I'm also telling them, yes, it's totally okay that you're laying off all of these people. And I don't know. I'm just, I'm so frustrated because I don't know as a consumer, I don't know what to do. <laughs> like everyone's laying off 8% of their workforce. And I'm just like, stop now like we you need people like i'm sick and tired of being treated like crap and waiting like weeks to get customer service and like all of these things and or games launching with like half the the features that they should have because the devs didn't have enough manpower to get the game done on time like it just it seems like layoffs are exacerbating a lot of issues that already exist in gaming and I don't want to support continued layoffs. I don't want to support companies. I don't want to give them money and be like, hey, you're doing the right thing because I don't think that they are. But I don't know how to like, I don't know how to respond because I feel like if I just stop buying Sony, stop buying Microsoft, then it's like, are they just going to like fire more people? Like, I just, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm so frustrated. Yeah, no, I'm caught in the same sort of, loop of like uh, the gut reaction is like well i'm not i'm not buying x y or z or i'm not going to support this i'm going to vote with my wallet because that always yeah. is Which sort that's of like what we said in the past is vote with yeah. your wallet like if you don't agree with what a company is doing vote with your wallet but when every fucking company is doing it and there's less and less jobs available in game dev and you don't want to see because like i mean at this point i've seen so many friends lose opportunities lose jobs in these companies and i'm just like i don't know like i want to support the company so my friends don't get fired but i don't want to support the companies because they're firing my friends <laughs> yeah yeah i i think i think there's two things that everyone can do and it, and it's like continuing to talk about and calling out the bullshit that that is these layoffs like that's the first sort of step and and obviously alongside that supporting folks who have both either lost their job or are continuing to work there, like supporting both, you know, uh, uh, both of those scenarios. But, but the second one is like, is supporting unionization of video game developers. Like, I think this is the year where yes, it's started with a lot of layoffs, but I think it's going to end with some 
some big moves on the unionization side of things, specifically and hopefully with Blizzard. Like I feel like the ABK layoffs we had like last month, like that that has had that has had to have been like the like a major you know kickstart again to that sort of movement. And I think it really just takes it's going to take a couple of big entities to unionize, and then the whole thing is just going to go that route. And when I, look, I'm I've never been part of like a a movement from non unionized to unionized, like and seeing that movement, but I, you know. I do know stereotypically that like most folks want to avoid the unionization movement because like the, and they're not allowed, companies aren't allowed to do this, but they still somehow manage to fucking do it is (laughs) you could lose your job for wanting to unionize. And again, we've seen it time and time again where union busting happens and that is illegal, but it still manages to happen because there's obviously so many loopholes when it comes to corporations. So if, folks are already losing their jobs then you know you might be like well if i'm gonna if i'm if there's a a high chance i could lose my job in 2024 working in the video game industry we might as well sign yeah if i'm gonna lose it anyways i might as well join a union (laughs) but i'm not in that position so like it's not something i can say without a doubt but i really do feel like this is the moment where i think more people are gonna be screw it let's do it you know and you have you know having been part of unions before like you really have everything to gain by being part of a union but it but it does require like a majority of the developers at each studio to kind of come together and make that decision mm-hmm. like it can't be one or two vocal folks it has to be the majority uh, yeah. or else it doesn't work because then you don't have you don't have collective bargaining power right you're yeah. just a smaller group so I hope that's where this goes. And then, and then that's when you want to vote with your wallet. So let's say Blizzard unionizes. Then that's the stage of like, okay, now it's time to vote with our wallet and give more money to unionized studios. Pay for whatever the $60 Unicorn Mountain Diablo 4 is. (laughs) After they unionize, not right now. (laughs) No, no, don't do it right now. Save your 60 bucks. Uh... But, you know, I wouldn't normally be one to say go buy an you know, exorbitant amount of cosmetics in Call of Duty. But after they unionize, like, I think that's that's where we have to vote with our wallet is is once uh, a developer once they're has, doing the right thing. Yeah, exactly. And then, you know, I think that that goes to show like you're showing the CEOs of the world like, hey, this can work and it can it can be a marketing as much as I hate to say it. It could be a marketing point for them <laughs> of their deve- of their sort of studio but also it rewards the developers as well because you're 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 buying into that so i think that's the biggest thing is is with these layoffs the best support you can do is to talk about those layoffs and call them out for what they are but also support the unionization conversations that are going to happen Uh, and you could do that with your wallet by buying the games you could do that just by retweeting the posts that come up because like that people see that stuff and it works so that's what we got to do all right, on to our lawsuit section. <laughs> Nintendo is suing uh, Yuzu, which is a Switch emulator. So uh, I will admit, um, so I mean, a caveat of all of this that we always say, it's not, I'm not a lawyer, but um, emulators always um, confused slash interested me, I guess, because I never understood 
how another party, like a third party, could make somebody else's games playable in a place that they weren't meant to be played. And so obviously, like, you know, Switch is a big one. Um, or sorry, not Switch. And Nintendo is a big one. You know, there were Nintendo emulators for years. And I'm like, how do they get away with this without it being like illegal or copyright issues or whatever? Like, how is it okay to emulate somebody else's work on a platform it wasn't meant for? Um, I guess you can't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So uh, I'm also not a lawyer and by no means an expert when it comes to, uh, well, I mean, lawsuits or emulation or emulators, but it's been around for a very, emulators have obviously been around for a very long time and they are sort of, there is precedent in law that emulators are legal to play uh, backups of your personally owned software. So, uh, which, which, which does include copyrighted material again. Like, I don't know if that's like, if I owned like a, original og mario kart in a sure. cartridge i could use an emulator to play mario kart on my pc the idea is like you would have to dump that rom uh, or dump the files into into a rom and then have that rom play on an emulator and again like i'm i'm not an expert when it comes to how this stuff all works but obviously like older systems where games are no longer like you can't go to walmart and buy an SNES cartridge. Right. You can't even order it from Nintendo. So <laughs> when it comes to game preservation, I think that's where emulators have been most protected in that. Like, look, if you can't go out and buy this game, then game preservation kind of kicks in. And this is my general understanding. I don't know if this is like the legal precedent, but I, I think the legal precedent is like emulators exist so that you can play backups of your games, essentially. Um, and that's how they've sort of been able to stick around. But where you run into sort of a more, um, uh, I don't want to say gray area, but but literally like an, an area that's like, you know, probably shouldn't be is when you have an emulator that is emulating current hardware, um, getting around Nintendo. And let's be honest, like when we talk about emulators of of recent hardware, it's Nintendo systems that get, I shouldn't use the word targeted, but it's Nintendo systems that have the most sort of development power from the emulation makers uh, or the emulator makers. Like there is no emulator for the PS4 or Xbox one or series X or PS five, but this Nintendo switch emulator uh, Yuzu launched months after the Nintendo switch hit. Mm. Um, and and that is you playing and again like the idea was you can play your legally owned uh switch games that you have dumped and play them on your PC, your Steam Deck, your your Linux box, what have you. That's the general idea of of these emulators. But in this case, this lawsuit comes forward from Nintendo and there was a lot of discussion in the Discord about it, but in my mind the core here and why they've waited so long to sort of file this lawsuit is they have they have something that doesn't apply to the to the precedent of playing your backed up games. Their main argument in my mind, there's there's a couple main arguments, but the one that that stands sort of the in my mind the highest sort of like okay, this kind of makes sense is that they're pointing towards the leak of Tears of the Kingdom 
it leaked uh, a few weeks or a month before launch and a million people downloaded this illegal copy of tears of the kingdom because it wasn't out yet and mm-hmm. were able to play it supported by the developers of the yuzu emulator um able to play it previous to launch and that got him in a huge amount of trouble uh with with nintendo and even before the lawsuit like they were they were getting letters and they were they were having issues like that and and i guess the issue is they did not encourage they did not do anything to stop it right they didn't encourage but they didn't discourage either (laughs) exactly and and nintendo is arguing that they did encourage people to download and play Mm. tears of the kingdom so there is a bit of nintendo said yuzo said and like i don't know how (laughs) that I mean, I guess it comes down to who has the best lawyers. And I mean, I think we we know who has the most money. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so and that's kind of unfortunate because you have a huge billion dollar company going after what is open source software. So I get that side of it. There's like a David versus Goliath. But there is like copyright breaking. Like Nintendo also mm-hmm. argues that Yuzo. So as Nintendo argues that Yuzu executes code that defeats Nintendo's security measures, including decryption using an illegally obtained copy of uh, of the files. I'm, I'm not going to say the name of the file, but but you get the idea. <laughs> so like I, like, again, it's current hardware. You can buy these games on the eShop. Nintendo has not taken down the Switch eShop. So I think Nintendo kind of has they've kind of been building up this, I guess, ammo, so to speak. And well, they've been building their case, right? (laughs) Yeah. And I think, again, I think the biggest piece of evidence they have is the fact that they had their biggest game launch and leak leak two weeks before launch. And they have somehow tracked the numbers. I'm sure through like, you know, uh, torrenting is a very public thing. Like if, They can tell how many times things have been downloaded. So they say a million, it's been a download a million times. Like that's a big, a big deal. Well, yeah. I mean, if you're talking about like an 80 to $90 game downloaded a million times, I can do that math. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So they, I I actually, this is the first I'm seeing. So Yuzu has a Patreon, uh, which unlocks early access to their builds and um it uh it looks like they have a $30,000 per month patreon uh and again a lot of this ev- so this is the thing this this story just launched a couple hours before we recorded so a lot of this is coming from nintendo's side like yeah. i don't think yuzu has made a statement yet but um nintendo this is all coming from nintendo so it's a little it's it's obviously biased cuz it's coming from their side but nintendo is saying that yuzu's patreon doubled in the period before tears of the kingdom was released sort of saying basically like the early access, you know, Yuzu engine was allowing folks to play this game, which, which then encouraged people to give Yuzu more money and then play a legal copy of the game. So I, I, I see the evidence that Nintendo has sort of put forward and it doesn't look good specifically for the Yuzu emulator. Um, does this mean emulators go away? No, like emulators are fine. Yuzu might even be fine, but they, they might not, you might, they might not exist after this. I don't know how that works, mm-hmm. but um, 
it's Nintendo has been very litigious when it comes to um, piracy and getting around their copyright protection and emulators and, and such like they're that's, almost as heavy handed as Disney. <laughs> yeah. I mean, if Disney, it's, it's probably kind of why Disney probably hasn't gotten in the video game market. It's like, cause their lawyers are too busy, but it's, uh, it, it is, it'll be interesting to watch. Like Nintendo's gone after some folks that have made like, you know, devices that get around copyright protection. There was a story about, uh, uh, a guy, basically owing his life savings to Nintendo after being released from jail. Um, they they stopped Steam from releasing the Dolphin emulator on Steam. So Steam was <laughs> going to list was had a listing for Dolphin, which is um, GameCube and Wii emulation. Obviously, it okay. wasn't Valve that made the emulator, but um, Steam was going to allow it to be on their platform. And then Nintendo basically reached out to Steam and like, hey, don't do this. Or, or I guess Steam reached out to Nintendo and say, hey, are we cool? Is this cool if we do this? <laughs> or we allow this? And Nintendo's like, absolutely not. And Steam's like, yeah, no, you guys take it down. <laughs> so <laughs> they're anytime you ask Nintendo about this, like they are going to send a a, a cease and desist. So um, it'll be it'll be interesting to see where this goes. And it's going to take a while for it to sort of shake out. But I, I think it a lot of this hinges on yuzu pirated copies of the legend of zelda tears of the kingdom like that's that's the biggest thing here you know i don't think this is nintendo suing emulators this is nintendo suing over a specific a specific game instance yeah yeah on a specific emulator yeah that makes sense so yeah we'll have more information for you guys as this story develops uh we do have one more piece of news tonight which we're gonna end on a high note which is which is interesting but uh elden ring put out a gameplay trailer for uh, Shadow of the Erd Tree, which releases uh, June 20th, 2024. So coming uh, later on this year. And uh, I, I will say, so uh, I feel like this happens every time Elden Ring puts out a trailer. It makes me want to play. I really and truly think that their character and encounter design is phenomenal. Like I look at this trailer and I go, oh my God, like I want to experience that story, experience that combat that looks amazing. The visuals are fantastic. The encounters and like the the big fiery, like kind of walking torch looking thing was so cool. And there was like this monstrous thing that was like twisting in on itself. Like it just, the character design is everything that I want out of a video game and out of fantasy and just I love it I, it's just their mechanics man <laughs> like every time I see this I'm like I wish this wasn't so punishing but also maybe I kind of want to try this I don't know <laughs> but it's so good like it looks amazing <laughs> yeah no I I agree I mean I I have uh, played a little bit of Elden Ring, and I, and I guess I got pretty far, and and folks had said like, oh, you did pretty good, you did pretty good, and, and I think you're right. Like it's um, the design and the look and feel of of their characters, their enemies, their world. It is just so cool, and this trailer like showcases a lot of new and what appears to be devastating enemies. Like mm-hmm. uh, I was joking, it kind of just looks like a. a highlight reel of all the things that are going to kick my ass when I give them 50 bucks. But <laughs> um, yeah, like, and I guess I got pretty far in Elden Ring and I, I think I just enjoyed 
like the the design like the design was the biggest thing like the combat i'll take or leave it and yes when you uh succeed in a in a tough encounter um you feel that rush you feel that like oh man that was so awesome i can't believe i did that and i was so close to dying multiple times but like it all comes back to that design you know and the world design as well and and uh i know folks that love elden ring are just absolutely stoked for this expansion um so i i did want to make sure even though both joss and i like have uh not completed or or played a good chunk of the game but uh knowing full well that fans of elden ring are like very much looking forward to shadow oh i can appreciate this from afar (laughs) yeah a hundred percent and i'm and i'm sure there's going to be a lot of chatter once this comes out, it's, uh, as you said, launching uh, mid-June, June 20th. It's $50 Canadian. So it is like expansion pricing. But from everything I've heard, like folks trust this. It goes back to developer trust as well. They trust the developer. Yeah. They have not played it. They have a general description. I think it's like the size of a certain area in the main game. And I think that was like, you know, thumbs up. That sounds good. So, you know, I think it'll be, uh, I mean, just based on the trailer, it looks like they've, they've taken the monster design and ran with it. So mm-hmm. I, I always joke, like whenever I come across an enemy, I always just, I have a wild description for them. It's usually like, there's just so many unique monsters. It's like, I don't even know how to describe this thing. It's like, it's like the, one of the enemies in the trailer was like part salamander, but also like part, uh, what was a like, like from zelda those like weird things that that eat your and steal your armor or something i don't know but (laughs) yeah it looks uh it looks like it'll be a lot of i I almost say a a lot of fun but (laughs) (laughs) for people who like elden ring it's gonna be a lot of fun (laughs) exactly exactly it it does it does look interesting and i will uh, i look forward to more trailers as we head towards june so I, i i'm Curious to see more, for sure. And if you would like to discuss the existing trailer or anything else we talked about this week, head on over to bit.ly slash TGI Discord to join the conversation. Again, that is also where you can follow, find all the archives for our TGI Game Club. That is going to do it for us this week. You can visit us on the web at gamersinpodcast.com. You can follow us over on Twitter. You can find me, Jocelyn, at JossPlays. Ryan is at R. Murphy. And don't forget to follow the show at The Gamers In. So thanks for staying at The Gamers In. And remember, tune in next week. Bye, everybody. Bye, everyone.